Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. <laughs> My name is Mikey. And I like you. Talk diet for a very special episode. Yes, it's true. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Mikey Likes You. And I thought I'd dedicate an entire episode to diets. Nutrition is probably a healthier way to talk about, you know, the food that you eat. But With there being so many trendy actual diets, diet plans out there, I thought I'd focus in on them, give you a little info, a little background, and some tips and some things to look out for with each of the main diets that all of us are probably not only learning about right now, but are trying at some point. I just burped. I just burped again. Um, that you know we're all putting into play because there's so much buzz about them. And there's one thing that I can say with a lot of confidence, none of them are right. Whether we're talking about paleo, whether we're talking about Whole30, whether we're talking about intermittent fasting, keto, uh, primal, zone, Atkins, and of course plant-based or vegan, none of them are right. None of them are inherently wrong. They just are. Okay? The reason I say that is because most of the main proponents, also I got can't, can't forget carnivore. That's a big one right now. All of the main proponents of all the aforementioned diets are all going to claim that their diet is the best for you, that their diet is better than the alternative And it doesn't matter which one we're referring to, that's not true. Human metabolism is unbelievably complex and it's unbelievably unique. There are some combinations of things and there are some common through lines, underlying themes with each of those diets that are universally true. So let me focus on those things first. Whether you are doing vegan, whether you are doing carnivore, so you know you have the two kind of polar opposites there. You have my entire diet is plants, and then my entire diet consists of nothing but animal flesh. It's completely devoid of plants. Um, quality shall never be trumped by quantity. I guess another famous and now trendy diet is what's being called SECO or calories in, calories out. And um, although that's an oversimplification, it's still true. A recent study by the American Journal of Medicine showed that French people, the French people that they studied, and I believe there was over 5,000 different people Um, studied in this, 
that when they cooked dinner, when they ordered food, when they ordered takeout, when they ordered a soft drink, when they got something from a takeout style um, convenience store, 34% bigger in America. Don't ever let anybody kid you. You can talk about the developments of high fructose corn syrup. You can talk about uh, the insulogenic foods that we eat and the snack foods and the and the and the uh, busy schedules that we all have. And and don't get me wrong, all of those things play a role. But what do they play a role in? They play a role in us eating more. We used to be thinner generations ago because we ate less. The end. Do not get it twisted. Do not overcomplicate it. Um, the ketogenic diet is fantastic for weight loss, not because it's devoid of carbs, but because being devoid of carbs forces you to eat more protein and fat-dense foods, which in turn makes you eat less. Vegans oftentimes, oftentimes will lose weight when they transition into veganism, not because eating plants is inherently better for burning fat or losing weight, but because when you go from eating pizza and hamburgers and lasagna to having to consciously choose the things that you're putting in your mouth and relegate those things to mostly plants, you lose weight because you're eating less. Everybody knows Morgan Spurlock's um, documentary, Supersize me. Um, cool, cool, cool deal. And I think it makes a lot of sense to do that because we all eat a lot of fast food because we are busy and blah, blah, blah. And he gained a tremendous amount of weight going a certain period of time eating nothing but McDonald's. He gained an enormous amount of weight. He got really unhealthy. Here's the thing that a university teacher, I, I wish I could remember his name, and, and he then put up his own documentary, which was far less famous, um, because it's far less sexy, but it doesn't take away from its validity. He ate, for the same period of time, nothing but McDonald's. But he regulated the amount of calories that he was eating, regardless of the fact that it was shit McDonald's food. And he ate in a caloric deficit. He lost a tremendous amount of weight. And through losing a tremendous amount of weight, he increased his blood markers. His health was better. You can do a lot of things. You can regulate your blood sugar, which is definitely a good idea. You can um, eat less insulogenic foods throughout the day, which is a good idea. I'm not someone who's shitting on the idea of a high-fat, high-protein diet, uh, a moderate-protein diet, whatever it may be, and a super low-carbohydrate diet. If that's what works for you, go ahead and do it. But do not do the mental masturbation and incredible, the incredibly dishonest intellectual gymnastics to make it seem like because your insulin is lower or your blood sugar is a little bit more regulated than the guy who's eating bananas and rice, that that's why you're losing weight and that's why you're in better shape. The reason you're losing weight and the reason that you're in better shape is because you're losing weight from eating less food. Your calories are lower because if you go on a ketogenic diet and still manage to eat more than you're burning off, if you are in a caloric surplus, you will gain weight and you will be in less good shape. That's undeniable. 
plant-based, ketogenic, carnivore, all of these, they're incredibly good tools for the same project. Don't get it twisted. The project is always the same, whether it's weight gain, weight loss, whatever it is. The modification of your body weight and the modification of your body composition, it comes from the manipulation of of your calories. The end. Now, let's start off with keto because that does seem to be the most, um, I guess, popular, trendy movement. A ketogenic diet um, has a lot of value. I'm not anti-keto. What I am is anti the idea that keto is some magic bullet. It is not. Ketogenic diets make it far easier for the general public to regulate their intake because it's really easy. Palate fatigue is a real thing and palatable foods are a real thing. I challenge you, actually don't do this, but let's, okay, (laughs) present this experiment in your brain and just do it right now in your mind imagine if i were to say say to you sit down please now i want you for the sake of this experiment ma'am or sir eat as much of this warm sourdough bread as you possibly can keep going until you just can't go anymore you know, one of those fresh baked, you know, bread loaves that come to the table before you, you sit down and eat your meal at a steakhouse and it just nice and warm, fresh out of the oven. Okay. You got that bread or, or let's say croissants, you know, some type of really palatable bread product. I'm going to challenge you eat as much as you can, please. And go. It's insane. The amount of calories you can put away doing that. Even though it's not maybe necessarily as calorically dense as other foods like steak, like ribeye or like peanut butter or something. Um, You can go and go and go. Rice, which is my favorite carb source, gets a really bad rap. Not because rice is bad for you. In fact, it's incredibly chemically appropriate for the human system. Problem with rice is, man, you can put away so much rice so easily. It's not incredibly filling. It's really well digested, but it's not incredibly filling. It's not fibrous in any way. There's no fat. And you can just go and go and go. And before you know it, you can easily eat a normal-sized person with a normal kind of discipline to their eating can put away five, 600 calories of rice, no problem. If you get like a poke bowl or you go to Yoshinoya or one of those places where you get like a teriyaki bowl or some shit like that, you you can eat cups and cups of rice and you don't even realize you're putting away massive amounts of calories. Now, if you're on a ketogenic diet and your dinner is or your, your meal is instead of rice, it's broccoli and um, a fatty cut of steak. Even though those are high calorie foods, man, there's only so much you can eat of that shit. I love, I love beef. But man, beef and butter, <laughs> you can fill up on those pretty quick. And, and frankly, on top of the fact that they're filling, you just get – your palate gets tired of it, something called palate fatigue. The ketogenic diet is full of foods that are um, – they create a, a very quick fatigue to your palate where you go, OK, I'm done. I can't fucking stuff my face with any more bacon. 
I'm done, you know, like the, the butter on, on my steak. That's a great example. That's one that I've found when I am, you know, fucking with a high, high fat diet. I take a nice steak and put a pat of butter on it. It's like, I'm, uh, dude, I know I put aside eight ounces, but I, I'm, I'm in five, six ounces and I'm done. You just can't keep going. Mashed potatoes, forever. <laughs> that's how long you can continue to eat those things. Okay, so that's why higher carbohydrate, higher, you know, starchier foods get a bad rap. It's not that they're any better or worse for you. Things like a potato is actually a superfood if you really analyze the the micronutrients and the things that it provides for you. It has such high levels of potassium, and um, it's a really good quality starch carb source. But potatoes, particularly if they come in the form of something like mashed potatoes or au gratin potatoes or French fries, you are almost guaranteed to overeat them. Okay, and I'm sorry, I don't want to beat a dead horse for those of you who are like, okay, we get it, calories are important, that's the only thing that matters. But what I'm, what I'm trying to present here is that none of these diets are bad, none of these diets are good, they just are simply diets. And whatever tool you find is the most appropriate for you to build your project the best, that's the one you should do. Intermittent fasting is very popular too. I am someone who has found that I do not like to eat small amounts throughout the day. I don't like it because I can't really sit down and then regulate the amount that I eat five or six times a day. What I can do is feel full two or three times a day and be very good and be very disciplined by that. That's me. Other people are not like that. And if you find that you're a guy who or a gal who likes to wake up in the morning – and have a good breakfast, and then two or three hours later, you get a little hangry, and it's like, hey, I'm going to have an apple and some almond butter, and then two or three hours later, I'm going to have lunch, and invite, you know, and so on and so on. Do that. On the other hand, I know there's a lot of people out there, myself included, who I'd rather just not eat when I wake up. I don't feel very hungry. I frankly, don't feel very hungry till about noon. Then I give myself a little bit of discipline and willpower, and I'll go till two or three o'clock, and then I'll have my first meal. And then I eat and I eat, you know, I really put it away. I'll have a t- eight to 10 ounces of meat as opposed to like three or four ounces, which is what I would be doing back in my bodybuilding days when I was eating six times a day. I would have three to four ounces of meat with, you know, uh, a quarter cup of rice and some vegetables. And then I'd have to do that all over again three hours later. I, I, and I wasn't really full any of those times. Um, that didn't, didn't work for me. Didn't work. It really bugged me. It, it really pressed my willpower. It really was kind of – I felt like I was swimming upstream. But you know, then I started fucking around with Martin Burkhan and I, I actually worked with him uh, formally. I, I paid Martin Burkhan, the guy behind Lean Gains, who I think and, – and people out there are always trying to claim that they're the first and the one, this and that. Martin Burkan is the man when it comes to intermittent fasting. No ifs, ands, or buts. Don't let anybody tell you different. When it comes to the popularity of the 16-8 kind of I, I fast for 16 hours, I eat for 8 hours, a, a time-restricted window, that that form of intermittent fasting, that is Martin Burkan the end. He's the one who made it popular. He is the one who made it pervasive amongst the fitness community, and he is the reason that now subsequently it has become popular for you, kind of the regular average Joe and, and Jane. Martin Burkhan is a Swedish dude, and he started LeanGains.com. He also recently wrote a book, The Lean Gains Method, that I recommend for everybody, even if you're not interested in intermittent fasting. So intermittent fasting is a great thing. If it works for you, work it. 
You do you. Find what works. There is going to be some trial and error when it comes to finding long-term sustainable success when it comes to nutrition. And let me stress that word, sustainability. When you analyze what's the best diet for me, which all of us have done, myself included, the answer is the one you'll do. Everyone looks at what's the quickest way to gain muscle mass when that's what you want to do. What diet gets the the weight on quickest? What diet is the weight loss diet? What's the one that's going to shed off those pounds the quickest when the when in actuality the number one factor, the number one factor that you should be looking at and analyzing when it comes to diet sustainability. What's the best diet out there? The one you'll do. Now, if that means Whole30 is the thing for you, do it. Whole30, a 30-day diet approach, which was started by Melissa Hartwig. Um, I think an excellent kind of diet because what Whole30 does instead of other diets is its main goal is to rearrange your relationship with food. Um, by relegating you to eating things, it's very similar to paleo in that you're not eating any kind of root vegetables or tubers and um, you're not eating any dairy and you're not eating any kind of starches. Um, so it's mostly uh, things that grow out of the ground and things that walked around and had heartbeats. You know, a lot of, a lot of animal, a lot of fish, uh, meat, chicken and um, berries – fruits, other fruits, um, and then uh, healthier non-dairy forms of fat, uh, things like ghee, things like um, uh, coconut milk and, and uh, nut butters and nuts and seeds. Um, so yeah, in a nutshell, very similar to paleo, but it is based around 30 days and there's these different kind of techniques that are specific to the Whole30 that, um, that make it kind of unique and, and her whole entire uh, Melissa Hartwig's entire goal with the Whole30 is to rearrange your palate and rearrange your relationship with food. That's why I think it is a good idea. I don't think it is the end-all, be-all when it comes to, like, I want to lose weight. That's all. But I think everyone should at least give the Whole30 a shot because it is fantastic at doing just what it claims to do, and that is kind of give you a better relationship and make you more mindful about the food you're eating and recognizing that some foods provide you much more nutrient. Uh, of a nutrient bang for your buck than other foods. Um, I actually, I, I, I don't want to, don't quote me on the fact that you can't eat root vegetables because if I remember actually, now that I think about it, you can eat. That's the, that's the separation between paleo and Whole30 is that Whole30 does allow you to have sweet potatoes and potatoes, which I think is actually a good thing. Um, let's move on to paleo. My only problem with it, I do think it is a great guide even though I'm a rice eater, even though uh, I'm a bread eater, I'm, you know, I, I eat a lot of what would be considered non-paleo carb sources. Um, it, the paleo diet creates a better kind of guideline for what you should be looking for in your food, and that is bang for your buck nutritionally. You want to regulate the amount of calories you're eating, but you want to maximize the amount of nutrients that you're putting in your body. And um, the paleo diet is excellent for that because you're really only capable of eating things that are nutritionally valuable. 
meat, vegetables, seeds, nuts, and, you know, sweet, the sweeteners you're getting are from, you know, honey. And at the end of the day, when it comes to weight, pure weight loss or, or managing your weight, there really isn't any difference between table sugar and honey. Don't get it twisted. You can get just as fat and just as out of shape eating um, a gluten-free toast with honey on it as you could with white bre- regular white bread and some shitty jelly, you know, some smuckers. You absolutely, there's no difference when it comes to a pure diet standpoint. But raw honey is chock full of great micronutrients. One is definitely better for your health than the other. The problem I have in a nutshell, I kind of just described, the problem I have with the paleo diet is that because people say, well, I can eat this because it's paleo. Almond butter, for instance. It's just crushed up almonds, so it's on my diet. I can have it. Then you have a half a jar of almond butter, and you've had 850 calories, and then you go and eat dinner, and then you have another 900 calories because you know what else is paleo is some mashed sweet potatoes with coconut oil and some and some uh, short rib, you know. And so, my point being that the majority of people follow a diet, even though this shouldn't be the end all be all. But the majority of us follow a diet for one reason: weight loss. And a paleo diet doesn't do much for that because you're still able to eat a lot of really calorie dense foods. Um, but it doesn't mean that the paleo diet is wrong, especially if you're a really hard training athlete. I think it's a great thing for you um, because your scrutiny over calories isn't as high if you're someone who's you know crossfitting or running ultra marathons. Um, circling back to paleo, uh, to keto though, um, if you are a meat eater, I recommend it, and I think that it's something that there's a lot of value to because. Even though regulating your blood sugar and dropping your insulin, as I mentioned earlier in this podcast, it's not, it's not some magic bullet. It, it isn't. It isn't. It's, it's not what dictates whether or not you gain or lose fat. And there's a lot of uh, zealots out there, these keto zealots that are trying to claim that. That's not true. But the ketogenic diet is excellent for getting you to skew your diet towards things that are incredibly filling, incredibly high, uh, much more dense in protein and um, leaning more towards the healthier fats as opposed to things that are filled with, you know, like vegetable oils or uh, hydrogenated oils and things like that. You will eat less, the majority of people, unless you just have a real problem with eating. Um, when you switch over to eating bacon and eggs for breakfast instead of a breakfast cereal, you're going to end up throughout the day eating less. You're not going to be as hungry come lunchtime if you had bacon and eggs, even if you had six, 700 calories of bacon and eggs at 8 a.m., as opposed to 400 calories of breakfast cereal. I can bet you dollars to donuts that come noon when you eat lunch, the person who had bacon and eggs is going to eat a lot less. And 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 it and it's a series. It fall and so it goes and so it goes and so it goes. You, when you have that chicken salad at lunch instead of uh, instead of a sandwich, um, you will subsequently probably eat less there, and then in turn eat less at dinner because you will be less hungry and you will have less of a spike when it comes to your blood sugar. That that's real, and therein lies I think the the real um, gift that the ketogenic diet gives to people. Um, and it's and it's relatively simple. A lot of these other diets can be quite complex when it comes to kind of what you can and can't do. Don't eat carb-rich foods. Keep your carbs under 50 grams, the end, go. Uh, 
Um, try to get a lot of higher fat content. Don't go low fat and, and eat a moderate amount of protein and you're good. Um, so, you know, you get you get a handful of good green vegetables that you like. I like to, you know, for me, I'm a broccoli, zucchini guy. I love zucchini, broccoli. I love peppers, grilled peppers, and I love leafy greens, whether it be bok choy, spinach, kale, whatever. I like the leafy greens. So I have, I have those on hand. I like buffalo. I like beef. And I, I fucks with some high-fat fish a couple times a week. And that's it. And then you go. A lot of people really enjoy adding dairy to their ketogenic diet, which is clearly okay. It's certainly within the rule set of a ketogenic diet. But um, a word to the wise, dairy, unlike most everything else on the ketogenic diet, is something that doesn't provide a lot of palate fatigue. It, there is a lot of yumminess to things like melted cheese on your on your steak, and there is a lot of yumminess to some whole cream in your protein shake. Um, there and and you could go, you could easily drink a carton, one of those little small cartons that whipping cream comes in. You could easily drink one of those, and yeah, there's zero carbs in it. But man, that's like 900 calories, maybe more, and you could easily drink that. I unless you're a big dude, big hard charging guy or gal, it's hard to eat six, seven eggs in a sitting. It's not that hard to eat four or five eggs with melted cheese on top. Do you, do you kind of get what I'm saying? Um, so that, that's that's a word of the wise. I'm not saying don't do dairy if you're on a ketogenic diet. In fact, dairy calcium has a lot of benefits. It's a really great thing. But just really, if we're going to monitor anything on a ketogenic diet, that's the one thing you want to look at because um, dairy's not bad for you unless you're lactose intolerant. If you are, then I, I get that. But I'm saying in general, dairy is not the enemy. It's the fact that dairy is dangerous. Um, bread is not the enemy. It's just that bread's pretty dangerous. It's pretty easy to overeat bread. And it's same with rice and same with um, fill-in-the-blank food. Um, the one high-fat uh, I guess ketogenic appropriate food that I would say to watch out for would be dairy, mostly cheese and, and things like um, heavy whipping cream, and then also nut butters. It's real easy. Now, I don't speak from any type of scientific standpoint. This one I'm speaking purely anecdotally. The one thing that I have found I have no discipline or regulation over is nut butter. Even unsweetened, the regular old healthy hippie bullshit nut butters, you know, peanut butter and almond butter, I, I have a real hard time having two tablespoons of that. And I think there's a lot of you out there that are the same. And it's a real shame because I try so hard to make healthy choices all the time and then to throw it all away two nights a week by having 12 tablespoons of, of almond butter before I go to bed. I just for me, I just don't have it in the house. That's the only way I can get around it. So yeah, keep keep your eyes open for things like nut butters. Um, veganism. Veganism um, is a weird one for me because I am a big supporter of it on paper. Um, I'm a huge animal lover. And I am a someone who has studied. I'm not an expert, but I've studied Eastern philosophies, Ayurveda, and Buddhism, and a lot of veganism is tied into that. And when you're speaking from a purely moral standpoint, I do think that veganism rises above. I think eating low-grade, relatively affordable meat means that you're an accomplice to – 
geez, what's going on out there? I think that you're an accomplice to factory farming, which is an atrocity. Animals were not designed to be treated like that. I'm a big believer that humans are supposed to eat animals. I believe that. That's my opinion, and I, I'm firm on that. I, I would love to have a civilized debate with someone who disagrees. But I do think that the animal of Homo sapien, we are predators, we are apex predators, and we eat other animals. Now, that being said, I think the way that we go about it oftentimes is completely wrong. We are not put on this earth to pen up animals in their own feces, 50 chickens to a you know four-square-foot uh, cage, and then – brutalize them and allow and and force them to live the their small amount of life in enclosed areas where they can't move and can't see and oftentimes grow mutations um it, it's it's make make force feed animals to be sick and miserable and then kill them and eat them um that is not how a predator behaves i think we we are supposed to eat animals but I think you do it in a way that has reverence for that animal. I'm a hunter. I understand on paper a lot of people disagree with that. But I think I show reverence to an animal when I kill it. There is an etiquette to hunting that I've learned from people that I respect. And then also my friends who have taught me, who took me under their wing and taught me how to hunt. There is an etiquette. And there's a right way and a wrong way. And I am very happy to say that I've never had a kill that I would consider to be cruel. Um, there was an animal that was living its life and then next thing you know, the lights shut off because I have a high-powered rifle. And I did take the time to learn how to shoot, to really go out to the range and get good at shooting. And I would never take a shot from too far away for that reason. My point being is that Although I'm a meat eater and I believe in meat eating and I believe in hunting and I think that there is a real value in understanding how your animal got to your plate as opposed to just going to the supermarket and it's there, it's not just a product. It's an animal. That was a living, breathing thing and it deserves reverence and it deserves respect. And for veganism does a great job with that at recognizing that. Now, not all but some vegans in turn then distort that into – a great manipulation of the ideas of human biology and metabolic science and create this idea that it is way better for you to not eat meat, that meat is toxic, that meat is unhealthy, that eating vegan is the only way to truly be healthy, and that is the chemically appropriate way for the human to eat. I really, really, really disagree, and I have an ample and, and conclusive amount of, <laughs> of scientific proof to show that. That being said, if you choose to be vegan, don't let anybody tell you, even a meathead like myself, that you can't do that and be jacked and be strong and be big and be lean and do all the things you can achieve, everything you want. In some regards, it will be more difficult, but it is absolutely okay. You can be super jacked and super strong. I got plenty of people I can show you. Mike Mahler comes to mind. Mike Mahler, really smart guy. For you vegan athletes out there, the guy is freakishly strong and buff and lean, and he is a strict vegan and has been for a long time. And he's a, he's a, he's a good dude. He's also not like some, some 
vegan warrior. You know, they go, a lot of the, these worlds, they, they create assholes. He's not one of them. And, and by the way, that's not relegated to vegans. There's a lot of carnivore assholes out there. Um, you know who you are. Hello, Magnolia. You're, you're, you are. Okay, enjoy it. Um, when it comes to dieting, though, as we've talked about, the paramount idea is regulating your calories. If you want to gain weight, if you want to gain muscle mass, you have to have a caloric surplus. If you want to lose weight, you have to have a caloric uh, deficit. Um, the only other thing you need to take into consideration when constructing the proper diet or choosing the proper diet is protein intake. Protein intake is important. Protein, much like when I was talking about the advantages of a ketogenic diet, high protein, (coughs) excuse me, I just had a stroke. High protein is filling. High protein um, creates greater, greater protein synthesis. In turn, you know, fancy way of saying it's greater for building and retaining muscle mass. And that, even if you don't want to be some meathead, if you just want to have a nice lean beach body, you want to look good for the ladies or you want to look good for the fellas, muscle mass is really, really, really important. And I think a lot of people lose sight of that when they're like, I want to lose weight. I don't want to be a big bodybuilder, hulking bodybuilder. I just want to lose weight. Well, you can lose weight very easily. Don't eat. I'm not being sarcastic. Seriously. You ever look at prisoners of war? You ever watch Survivor? The people on Survivor, they lose like 45, 50 pounds in in like 20 days. Don't eat. You want to lose weight? Don't eat. But you look like shit. You look like shit. Being skinny fat, in my opinion, um, and and there's science to back this up, being skinny fat, way worse than being just fat fat. If you can be a, like a like kind of like a linebacker looking dude, like a jacked dude, but you got a little blubber on you, or a chick that you got that big squatting booty, and you've been crossfitting, and you got nice big wide shoulders and strong beefy arms, but you're a little pudgy, that's better than being a Paris Hilton, where your skin and bones with fucking fupa, and your your a cups somehow hit your navel. Hey, you know what I'm talking about? You know what I'm talking about? I mean, a lot of you guys out there, and I'm not I'm not talking shit, but I, I you know. I think there's a lot of guys that suffer. You, you, you go to college or you do whatever, and next thing you know, you put on 30, 40 pounds, and you're a little soft. And so you're like, I'm going to lose weight. And you go on the treadmill, and you stop eating. And you did, and next thing you know, yeah, you've lost 15, 20 pounds, but you're like, fuck, I still have man tits, and I still have a spare tire. That's because muscle mass is very important, and that's why high-protein diets are really, really, really the bee's knees. So if you're going to be vegan, if you're going to be keto, if you're going to be paleo, if you're going to be um, IFing it, um, make sure that you keep your protein up. I always say a good place to start is one gram per pound of body weight. So whatever you weigh, that many grams. Um, that That's a good rule of thumb because it, it, it does hit kind of all of the people listening. If you're a 120-pound woman, that's – it's probably a pretty good thing to shoot for. If you're a 190-pound man, that's probably a pretty good mark to shoot for, 190 grams. Um, there's tweaks to be made, but give that a shot. Go there first and see how that how that works out. So, again, let me let me recap. Keto, totally fine if that's what works for you. Vegan, totally fine if that's what works for you. Carnivore, totally fine if that's what works for you. The science is a little bit limited on long term carnivore, but the science is there for short term, and it does seem to do some great things. And it gets back to how I I think there's a really good argument to say that 
humans are designed to eat other animals. That being said, I don't know if humans were designed to eat animals in exclusion. I don't know. I, I, maybe, but I can't say yes or no. Um, but if, 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 that way, if you love steak, if you love beef, give it a shot. And it's not like you're doing this blind anymore. There's guys like Dr. Sean Baker and Dr. Uh, what's the carnivore MD? Um, oh, fuck. Give me a second. I want to give this guy his proper credit. I can't believe I forgot his name. Uh, carnivore MD. Paul Saladino. I met the guy. He's a really nice guy. Um, there's guys like Paul Saladino out there and there's guys like Sean Baker out there um, that are going to guide you on how to do um, a, a carnivore diet well. Um, and even though it sounds crazy on paper, what they're doing and what they're showing, both those two guys in particular, is that there may be something to this. Now, I'm not endorsing it, but I'm also not shitting on it. Same with veganism. I'm not endorsing veganism. I, I think that there's a, a, a big – because the thing the, – the one thing I have a problem with with veganism outside of like the asshole culture of it where they try to just essentially lie to you and say that you know veganism is, is better for your health is that veganism is really easy to screw up. Really, really easy. Very few people go vegan and become Rich Roll or Mike Mahler. I have so many, especially like in my like early punk rock days, you know, like the turn of, of like around the 2000s when, it, you know, 90s turned into the 2000s, that whole straight edge hardcore scene, like I know so many people, good people, like nice, I'm not just talking shit, but they, they were vegans, they were strict vegans and they ate chips and salsa for dinner. Hey, it's vegan. Hey, it's vegan. And had a couple tofuti cuties after. And so very similar to the argument I was making about, um, about paleo where it's like just because something fits into the guidelines of a diet doesn't mean that it's okay to eat ad nauseum. A lot of people eat, end up eating soy cheese and, and fake meats and you know what I'm saying? Like that's, that's the reality of most vegans and that is really, 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 really unhealthy. Now, if you're going to be vegan and turn into, to, like I said, Rich Roll or Mike Mahler, one of these people where you're constantly getting different a, a variation of nuts and seeds and vegetables and you know like healthy fats from uh, from hemp seeds and, and Udo's oil, and you're getting your your protein intake there from your rice protein and a lot of mixtures of legumes and all, you go, you go, and you do your thing, and then fucking send me a picture of your six pack or send me a picture of you running a five minute mile and be like, fuck you, meat man. You know, so yeah, could you do your thing? It's just like that. It's really, really easy. Veganism, especially, is very easy to fuck up. So just keep keep your keep your mind about you. You know, um, intermittent fasting. I, I, again, you know, that's another one that a lot of people ask me questions about. So, so the thing about intermittent fasting, which is great, is that you can apply intermittent fasting to all the aforementioned diets. It's not a diet in and of itself. Um, so you can just go from eating frequently throughout the day to having a time restricted window. I like six to eight hours for men and eight to 10 hours for women. Um, that's just from the stories I've heard and from the research I've seen. Um, women tend not to do as good with a, with a more truncated, um, eating window. Um, 
if you're going to shorten your eating window, you can do that and be keto. You can do that and be vegan. You can do that and and I do think that you know there's a lot of there's some hormonal benefits in there. They get outweighed if you eat too much. But let me just sum this up by saying, regardless of what diet you're doing, never ever ever let anybody from any walk of life. Whether it be your yoga teacher or a nutritionist or some guy or gal selling you a diet on the internet, whatever it may be, there are always going to be these gurus are coming pr- promoting the newest, coolest thing. When it comes to losing weight, you have to eat less calories than you burn. When it comes to gaining weight, you have to eat more calories than you burn. The end. Now, there are some things to go into how to do it properly, but don't fucking kid yourself. The Twinkie diet was real and it worked. What I'm speaking of is the often talked about Twinkie diet that you see on chat rooms and you see on the internet, you see people tweet about it. Um, It really did work. Someone, some scientist fucking ate nothing but hostess cakes. Wasn't exclusively Twinkies, but it was hostess cakes. That's it, but he made sure to eat only like 1,500 calories of them all day, every day for like a month, and he lost a considerable amount of weight, and his health got a little better because in turn, the biggest decipher, the biggest kind of parameter to measure your health by is weight loss and, and weight that you carry. If you're overweight, if you have more adipose tissue than someone next to you, Chances are, overwhelmingly, chances are the person with less adipose tissue is going to be healthier. It's one of the biggest determining factors of your long-term health, and I, I don't know how else to put it. That's not open for debate. Plenty of people have proven that, you know, where the, the, the anti-low-carb low people will say, like, you can't get healthy. Your cholesterol has to be through the roof if you're eating nothing but eggs and cheese and bacon. And then someone goes on a, car, a keto diet for, you know, a, a year, and their cholesterol is a million times better than it ever was. Their good cholesterol is way up. Their bad cholesterol way down. Their heart rate, not resting heart rate is way down. Their blood sugar is way down. So the truth is, is that if you lose weight, it's going to be better for your health. If you are within a reasonable weight, it's going to be better long-term than it is to be overweight. Now, calories in, calories out really is the biggest factor. There are tweaks that you need to get through your mind to kind of find specificity, which I think is important, okay? Be realistic, be specific with what you want out of your nutrition, okay? Get that through your head and hold on to that idea while we take a quick commercial break. Be realistic, be specific. Hey, I know that the lockdown's got you craving some action, some entertainment, something interesting, something enthralling. Why not get a little betting going, huh? Huh? And you may be saying, hey, look, there's no NBA, there's no NHL, there's no Major League Baseball. What am I betting on? There's no NCAA sports. Well, betonline.ag has your back. NASCAR is, you know, you can bet on that. My precious UFC, Dana White, made sure that there's fights practically every week, and you can bet on all of those. Madden, NBA 2K, other gaming uh, options are there for you at betonline.ag. They also have an online casino with poker and blackjack. You can have some fun. You can win some money. And be sure to check out the final dance. 
with a roundtable interview including ex-Chicago Bulls Horace Grant, Bill Cartwright, Craig Hodges, and Ron Harper as they discuss the Michael Jordan documentary in full. It's really, really an interesting piece of media to hear all those uh, former teammates of Michael Jordan discuss some of the things that came up in this now infamous ESP, excuse me, not infamous, this now famous ESPN documentary. Um, it really is fascinating. There's still fun to be had, people. So go to betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. That's MYPOD, M-Y-P-O-D, one zero zero to receive your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's betonline.ag and use the promo code MYPOD100. BetOnline, your online wagering solution. Hey, 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 don't go anywhere. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is a pubic service announcement. I didn't misspeak. It's a pubic service announcement brought to you by my new sponsor, Manscaped.com. Listen. I'm not a believer in removing all of your pubic hair. I think it looks a little weird. But I'm also not a believer of allowing your bush and your ball hair to go crazy. That's nonsense. Nobody likes that. Man, woman, straight, gay, cis, trans. That's a disaster no matter what. So you got to manicure that bad boy. And there's nobody else you can turn to than Manscaped. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped's advanced skin-safe technology. I'm a user. I'm a believer. I'm an advocate. I'm an evangelist for Manscaped. They have equipment, lotions, everything, all focused and designed to make sure that when you're mm, landscaping that area, that you do it to the best of your ability and do it in a pain-free manner. We've all tried. We've all failed. We've all cut ourselves. We've all had disastrous outcomes when we've tried to manicure our Balzinis and our pubic region. Manscaped is making sure that you don't do that. They really make fantastic products, and it sounds silly, but they are designed for that area, and it's really a godsend. So get 20% off and free shipping with the code MikeLikes at Manscaped.com. That's M-I-K-E-L-I-K-E-S. Mike Likes at Manscaped.com. 20% off with free shipping at Manscaped.com. Use the code Mike Likes. And as always, your balls will thank you. Be specific. Be realistic. What do I mean by that? Well, if you're trying to make changes in your physique or your performance, you need to be specific about that. Are you more concerned with shaving a mile off your mile, or excuse me, shaving a minute off your mile time, or are you concerned with losing 20 pounds? Are you concerned with losing 20 pounds or gaining uh, 20 pounds on your bench press? Are you more concerned with gaining muscle mass or gaining 20 pounds on your squat? Okay, my point being is that really dial in what are you looking for with your training and your nutrition? Be specific, be realistic. So we got the specific part. Are you looking to become a better powerlifter, a better Olympic lifter, a better triathlete? Then you really need to kind of dedicate your nutrition to that. Obviously, you would d- devote your training to that. You wouldn't train like a bodybuilder to become a better triathlete. So why would you eat like one? Be specific. What do I mean by be realistic? You are setting yourself up to fail by saying Monday I'm starting my diet. I got Mark Sisson's keto book. I got uh, the Whole30 book. I got, uh, I got Lane Norton's Fat Loss Forever, whatever. All these are good options. 
you're going to start and you're going to say to yourself, I'm going to lose 35 pounds by next month and I'm going to be shredded. That's not realistic. You're setting yourself up for failure. Be realistic. I'm going to lose four pounds a month for the next year. I'm going to gain three pounds of muscle in the next six months. I'm going to increase my deadlift by 50 pounds this year. Be realistic, okay? You're not superhuman. The rules do apply to you. In fact, if you're an abject beginner, they they really apply to you. Um, so be specific. Be realistic. Are you just concerned with feeling and looking better? Then... Uh, a ketogenic diet and some intermittent fasting is probably great for you. Are you really? Are you going to be in a mixed martial arts fight in 16 weeks? Intermittent fasting and keto probably not the best choice. Okay, these, this is the reason why I want people to really dial in what they're looking for. If for the majority of people, intermittent fasting, <coughs> pardon me. If you like it, if you prefer that, if it suits your your um, your makeup, both emotionally and physically. Intermittent fast, it's a great way to kind of get better control of your eating and, and uh, kind of eat less calories and, and also do it in a way that oftentimes is a little bit more comfortable. But if you don't like it, don't do it. You're going to see the same results, if not better results, from eating eight times a day, six times a day, and, and still getting to the same caloric standpoint. Um, but be specific and be realistic. Understand that um, excellence or elite Look, the elite kind of physique and the elite performance is not really attainable by most people unless you have the foundation first. And if you're going for elite, you're going to have to eat that way. So if you are just a guy or gal who's looking to put on a little muscle, lose a little body fat, and look better for the summer, you do not need to eat and train like a fitness model. Like a professional IFBB pro bodybuilder, if you are someone who enjoys doing Muay Thai or BJJ three times a week, you do not need to eat and train like John Jones or Conor McGregor. That's insane. Okay? So don't take – this is oftentimes why I'm reluctant to give out like my program or my eating because I think there's a lot of people out there, uh, dudes, I mean most – Probably like who are like, hey, I would like to look like Mike. I, I Mike always talks about the fact that he feels so much better and he's he has um, you know a much better sense of you know, well being from the way that he trains and the way he eats. I want to be like that, so I'm going to take whatever Mike does and I'm going to replicate it. Well, if you're just if you've been lifting weights for six months and you have no um, experience in getting fat adapted and being low carb, like that's going to be a disaster. It's not for you. So really be realistic and understand where you're starting from and what you're trying to do. Think of it as like uh, building a house. If you're building a house, there's some basic things that you have to do no matter what, right? You got to get the uh, – what? My, my daughter's here and she just spilled all over my paperwork. <laughs> <laughs> what are you doing now, ceiling? Podcasting. I'm just finishing. Can you leave me alone? <laughs> sure. Uh, thank you. I just finished Lexia. Okay. I'll be right in. Oh, parenting in the lockdown. Oh, what a joy. Um, so if you're if you're building a house, there's certain things you got to do. You got to build a foundation, 
whether you're building a mansion or a shack, you got to build a foundation and you got to get, uh, you know, get the electrical up to code. Right. So there's basic things you got to do. Buy a property, get a property squared away, get all the zoning. Then you're going to build the foundation and you're going to build four walls and a roof. That's it. That's that's definitely has to happen. Okay. That is in in this analogy, that is getting your calories to where they need to be and getting your protein up. Now, if you're going to build a mansion that you hope to be in architectural digest and 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 have people do docents on, you know, the architecture, obviously you're going to have to invest in and spend time on a lot of stuff that most people who have a regular, you know, no California ranch house that's a thousand square feet that they're not we, those people are not going to have to do that and in this analogy what i'm talking about is if you're going to step on stage at an ifbb or mpa uh, what do they call those npc show you're going to have to eat and train in a way that most it doesn't apply to most people if you're building a a a uh, apocalyptic war bunker you're going to have to have you know these six inch Thick sheets of uh, of metal in between the the slabs and feet and feet of concrete and whatever it is you do to build this bunker that's going to survive the nuclear apocalypse. Okay, that's not what most people need to do. And in that in, in this analogy, I'm saying if you're going to be a competitive powerlifter, you're going to have to eat and train in a way that isn't really meaningful to someone who just wants to build a house, to someone who just wants to look better and be healthy and happy. So my point being is that the uh, the elite stuff, the extreme stuff doesn't apply to most of us. And you shouldn't not only should you not apply it, you can glean some information off it, you know, if someone some bodybuilder wants to give you tips on like this helps me curb my appetite when I'm dieting or I get that. But don't think that this is what what you need to do to get to the extremes like building a house when, when you're building an extreme mansion or a, a war bunker or you're building a um, you know a log cabin for the winter in Minnesota as opposed to a beach house in Venice Beach there's a big big difference after you get past the basics of what you have to do so the basics of what you have to do is find out your caloric baseline and then go 500 calories below that if you're trying to lose weight 500 calories above that if you're trying to gain Okay, you got to do it. That's what you need to do. If you're not willing to do that right this second, taper off the amount that you're eating. Get your protein up. Get your calories down. Just do that for me. The amount that you eat does matter regardless of how healthy you are. Now, if you choose keto, uh, Dom Diagostino is a guy you need to listen to. Mark Sisson, S-I-S-S-O-N, is a guy you need to listen to. Um, if you're going carnivore, uh, Peter Atia, by the way, for, for uh, I-T-I, A-T-I-L-L-A, another guy. Those, that's the information you got to be getting it. You got to be getting that. Lyle McDonald, he has a, a, a ketogenic diet book, a low-carbohydrate book. He has a lot of information at bodyrecomposition.com, which is his website. He is an incredibly smart guy that can be trusted. If you are looking to just have a mixed, flexible diet and want to understand how you can do that and lose fat, gain muscle, look better, feel better for the long term, Lane Norton. 
Lane Norton's your guy. He has a book called Fat Loss Forever and I believe uh, some other information at his uh, website, BioLane, L-A-Y-N-E, BioLane.com. Really smart guy. I'm hoping to get him on the podcast and, and just a fair and balanced guy who, who is going to hammer home the same tenets that I'm telling you. Calories do matter. Protein high does matter. Everything after that is up to you. How you best get to that point is up to you. And if that's vegan, that's great. If that's keto, that's great. If you're going carnivore, definitely read Paul. Uh, I can't believe I fuck Paul Saladino and um, Dr. Sean Baker, both doctors, both real physicians. Um, those are the guys for carnivore. Those are the guys. Um, if you're going vegan, Rich Roll, if you're more uh, endurance-based, and then Mike Mahler, if you're into strength and, and power. Uh, the Whole30, obviously, that's kind of its own self-contained thing. Melissa Hartwig does a great job. Whole30, just look it up. There's a million kind of resources for you. And then the paleo option. And then there's just if it fits your macros, which is kind of how I've learned to live my life. Now, I'm not saying any of the other aforementioned things are bad. Give them a shot. And if they work for you, great. But I've gotten to the point where I've tried them all. And I've now gotten to the point where I know how many carbs I can tolerate where I don't feel sluggish and I don't kind of gain weight. And I kind of realize how much fat is good for me to keep my hormones healthy and to keep my body healthy without, you know, putting in, you know, having... 11 bouts of diarrhea a day. But that came after a long time of playing this kind of um, cat and mouse game with what was right for me. But one thing that never changed is I always eat a really high protein diet and I've always really monitored my calories. I don't think you have to gauge and monitor your calories forever. I don't anymore because I I calculated my calories and I, I logged them for so long that I've gotten pretty good at eyeballing stuff. And I'm not trying to be a fitness model or a competitor. I'm just trying to be healthy, look good, and feel good. So that's you know what would be called, I guess, flexible dieting. But my, my main message and my take-home message to you is definitely if you're going to do it, you can do it, you should do it. Don't let anybody out there convince you that one way is better than the other because as long as you arrive at the same place, which is what you have to do, calorie surplus or calorie deficit, depending on your gain, gaining muscle or losing body fat, calories are the main thing you have to go for. After that, make sure your protein is high enough and honestly, most of everything else is just details. Now, if you do that best with a plant-based diet, do it. If you do that best with keto, do it. If you do that best eating twice a day, do it. If you do that best eating six times a day, do it. Okay? That's my take-home message. And um, I really just – because so many things are out there and and you get kind of overwhelmed, you get fatigued by all these different choices. And it's like um, if you have too many outfits in your closet, it makes it harder to get dressed in the morning. Well, it's kind of the same thing here. So – don't fool around and, 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 and get the fatigue from having too many outfits. Find that right pair of jeans, which is your calories, and find that amazing fitting T-shirt, which is your, your protein, and just go. All right? I love you guys. And as always, in this crazy mix-up world that makes you think that nobody cares, I do. Be good. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.